Carl, we are back. Jason, my friend, listen, I, we've been talking for about 15 minutes already, and I have done a really good job of controlling my emotions because I'm extremely excited that we're finally firing up the Whiteboard Weekly podcast again. I love doing this, and I'm just kind of overcome with emotion right now. So thank you for finally clearing your schedule so we can sit down and talk. Well, the feeling is certainly mutual. We've both been busy with new endeavors, growing our businesses. Holidays came and went. Uh, there was a coup in the country, like all these crazy things <laughs> have happened. And you know what? Nothing can stop the Whiteboard Weekly Podcast. No, um, I, this is like one of my favorite things to do uh, is, is talk about, obviously, like I love coaching cues. I love uh, sharing these things that I think about and that I, I've learned in the past. And uh, if there's one more thing that I like doing more than sharing this type of content on Whiteboard Daily, it's being able to talk about it and, uh, and just chop things up, right? And just like have, sit down with you and, and talk about um, some cool cues and hopefully people find value in it and then they can also go ahead and, and, uh, and use it in their own coaching. And also too, I wanna to take a really quick moment to, to say thank you to anyone who's reached out to me. I don't, I don't know if they've reached out to you as well, Jason, but they reached out to me to say, hey, like when's next episode? Um, and, and just to show the love uh, and for their, uh, for, for this, this podcast, it's a really fun project that you and I got going on. So I'm glad to say we're firing, we're getting it rolling again. No. So people were reaching out. I didn't really hear from many people. I mean, people know that you and I are friends. They know we talk, you know, I've got my coaching group and we reference you a lot. We look at your drawings, but people were reaching out. Do they miss the podcast? They missed the podcast. They've been noticing that like that we took a little hiatus and, um, which I think can probably be expected with the holidays and what whatnot. Um, but uh, it's always good to know that people actually kind of appreciate, right? They they enjoy the same type of stuff that you are into. And so, um, man, I'm just happy that we can share this again with them. And again, like I, like I said, I hope that this episode, just like all the other ones, uh, brings people some value. Absolutely. And I'm excited. So let's dive in. We've kind of got a new concept going on in that the topic at hand, the cue that we're going to discuss is also going to appear the same day on the Whiteboard Daily Instagram. So we're looking at a previous post, but I'm sure the listeners and all of your followers realize, I mean, we're talking Thanos, we're talking Transformers, they're noticing the change, the evolution, <laughs> how, you know, the technology has, you know, let's be honest, Carl, you were hesitant. You, you didn't, I you, was, I forget, yeah. there's a movie out there. I can't think of the reference, but it was like, you didn't want to accept it. Maybe kind of like Star <laughs> Wars, like the dark side. And then you fully embraced it. You have, I mean, you ran with it. I, well, you're, what you're, what you're speaking about is me making the change from, I guess, analog to digital, making the change from <laughs> whiteboard, actually using a whiteboard marker on a whiteboard, uh, whiteboard and making the jump to like, using an iPad and I, I'm getting used to, I'm still getting used to it and I'm getting better. And it's, it's been a little learning curve, um, but hopefully, hopefully people still are inspired when they see these drawings. Um, I know it's not on a, most of them aren't on a whiteboard that much anymore. Some still are because I still love drawing on a whiteboard. I, that's just the artist to me, I guess. Um, but 
Yeah, you know, it allows you to do more stuff um, and you can get more detailed. And also when you're doing like a lot of stuff, when you're doing a lot of drawings, like for other gyms and stuff, I can save things and go back to it really quick where I didn't, you have to, that, that ability in the past, like it's like whiteboards, like once you draw something, it's like you, you better document it or else it's going to be gone forever or you just find another whiteboard to start drawing on, you know? So it's been a, a big leap forward uh, in regards to technology. Well, let me just do a little review because it's been a couple of weeks. First of all, everyone's getting whiteboard tattoos. That's the new thing. Oh my gosh. It's like the new tribal tattoo. <laughs> no, don't call it that. <laughs> In 20 <laughs> years, people are going to be like, really? You got a tribal tattoo? So a barbed wire. Yeah. How, how does that make you feel? I saw the one on um, someone's thigh. I think recently you had one there. Yeah, there it is just the other day on someone's foot. How, mm -hmm. we, we've spoken briefly about it, but how does it make you feel that someone like your art is that important to somebody? I honestly, Jason, like it, it, it's hard for me to put into words because it's so humbling. It's so, it's such an honor. Uh, I don't even have a tattoo and I've thought about it. I'm like, man, if I do get a tattoo, I, I'd probably get <laughs> the snatch sequence or I don't know, just because it is something that it means a lot to me. I, it's all okay with this whole project of whiteboard daily, all I've wanted it to ever be is just to be relevant and to help people. And I think that's the, the clear indication that it's relevant to people. When people start taking a drawing that I've done and actually tattooing it on their body, to me, I would assume that that means it's relevant to them. And so that is the biggest compliment I could ever receive. And I, I, I'm, I don't know. I, I've never thought it would happen. I remember the first time it ever happened was about a year ago, and a young lady in China, I believe, she got the um, uh, when the arms bend, the power ends. I've the seen drawing, that but yeah, that, and that was the first one. And I was I flipped out when I first saw that. And now that the snatch sequence, the deadlift sequence, all these movement sequences. Um, it's just crazy. And I'm just so honored. And I, I never thought I'd be sitting here <laughs> talking to you on a podcast about these drawings that I do on a whiteboard actually being tattoos on people. So it's pretty, it's really, really humbling. Well, we've got tattoos. Tell me a little bit about this Thanos. How hard was that drawing for you? Oh, that was pretty easy. I mean, a lot of times, a lot of times what I'll do is I will find uh, a reference on the internet and I'll just draw it, you know, like you just, um, you just kind of like look at two things and then you just draw it. And so it's like, and that's the cool thing about the iPad is that it allows you to color things a certain way and you can erase things super, like super easy and save things and come back to it. So it's, and I remember, you know, that, that's a redraw. I did, I did perfectly balanced as all things should be by Than this quote by Thanos. I did that like when, um, I think when the end game, Avengers Endgame first came out and it didn't have, obviously it didn't have Thanos's head on there, face on there. And so now it's like with this new technology, I can kind of like redraw some old oldies, but goodies and make them look even better. So that's, that's an example of that. Yeah, that's from January 2nd. I just think these drawings still hold the standard and cool. the quality of a whiteboard, but they they pop more, the ability to use more colors, the ability to have shading like that Thanos, 
Um, and one more that I wanted to talk about was one of my favorites because it dates me is cheat code. Cheat code, cheat code yeah, man. Is the one of my Konami favorites. Code. Yeah, this was a week yeah. ago, January 5th. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA. <laughs> of course, you forgot the select start. Well, okay. Let me tell you, I didn't though. Um, and uh, trust me, I, I, I do a lot of research before I put stuff up on there. First off, that that's that is actually a whiteboard. That's just a cleaned up. Yeah, Photoshop that one is. Uh, yeah. You could tell, and that's the difference. Okay, you could yeah. the the it doesn't pop quite as still great, obviously. You know, and the truth of the matter is, Carl, and I think all the listeners would agree. The drawings are great. It's the content that, that counts. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, that's cool. Um, no, but I looked up the Contra code and it's actually, I guess it's the Con yeah, or the Konami code. Yes, it, it, it's in many games. Contra is what made it famous. Okay, yes, but it said that Select Start was not part of it. So I was like, oh, all right, I'm not gonna. All right, maybe. I always thought it was too, but I don't know. I mean, you have to hit start. So maybe that was just something that people did and it wasn't necessary, but. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But I don't but believe hey, I, you could be Contra. Without that code. So does that mean, are you going to get that tattooed on your back then? <laughs> <laughs> the up, up, down, down? Maybe. Yeah, I mean, right, right. You know, I wonder how many people saw that. We're like, what is this? That's oh, one know. of those. I know. Probably over most females' heads and anybody born after 1984. But I don't know. There's a lot of female gamers out there. I would say, like, anybody who, who games is a gamer now, anybody who's into Fortnite or Minecraft probably wouldn't get it. Well, well, let's talk about one more thing, actually, while we're on the topic okay. of whiteboard yeah. underscore daily. Also, you, you're you're doing a giveaway every week. So talk to the listeners about that. Yeah, cool. So um, I just, okay, I remember when I was just a small little account, whiteboard well, daily. Just what's the off. smallest you remember being? Uh, 300. I, I remember, uh, this is, I remember I, I started doing I first started off whiteboard daily and it was just like, and I think I've, I don't know, I can go back and see if those are still there. But anyway, I, I just would do like a inspirational quote and a workout. And it was just like little, I don't know, it, it, just the drawings weren't, there weren't any drawings at all. It was just those two things. And I realized that like, that's, those are the two things that just saturate the fitness industry right now on social media. It's like inspirational workouts and work, uh, inspirational quotes and workouts. I was like, well, this is kind of silly. This is, this is what I want to do. So I did that for a few months and then I just took off an entire year. I didn't do anything for a year. And at that time I had like 300 followers. And I, when I went back to it and started up this project again and really knew what I had a direction I remember I was like, man, how many followers, like, has there anybody like stopped following me? And sure enough, like no one <laughs> didn't no, no even notice that I was even gone for a year. And so when I went back to the, the account, it had like 300 followers. And so that's kind of when I first started to like, just go all in on a direction for Whiteboard Daily. So about 300. Yeah. But I, I mean, I remember all of those landmarks of when I hit 10K, when I hit 100K, when I hit all the, you know, 200K, obviously. So which was the number that you were like, wow, I've, I've hit the peak. Like this is, I don't think I'm going to get more than this. Oh, I never felt like that. I mean, even right now, the, okay. First off, 10K was like a big one because that is when the number changes from 9,999 to 10 one zero K. And so that was like a big one where it was like, wow, this is, this is something else. But 
like I say this humbly, but also like Noah Olson, humble, but hungry. Like I'm telling you, like I told my wife the other day, I, I'm going to, I'm going to go for a million followers. I'm going to go like, this is it. Like I, I love doing what I, I love doing this. I only want to get better. I only want to share more content. I only want it to be more relevant for people. And I'm not, I'm not even going to stop them, but like I could see a million followers and I, oh, I, I mean, you'll get there. You're, you're approaching quarter million. Hopefully by the time this episode's live, yeah. you might be there, maybe a little quarter million giveaway, something cool there, but so talking about giveaways, I will, yeah, I will. let's bring it back to what you're doing. Cause I know yeah, your second sorry. week went up with your discovery yeah. deadlift, dude. Yes. And now, yeah, so yeah, every so what week, I wanted, yeah, what I wanted to do is like, I wanted to, I wanted to, I remember how it was when I was a small account and I just wanted to like partner with the big timers or partner with somebody who was bigger than me to help me give me exposure. And, and now that I've got like this platform, it's like, I want to help others going to give other cool accounts some exposure and other good brands some exposure. And so I might be reaching out to other people. I, a lot of people have been reaching out to me, but I want to kind of help give some exposure to some of the lesser known really great relevant accounts out there and actually clay discovery deadlifts the guy who i'm partnering with right now is a perfect example because i he's doing something so special and unique and cool and i was like man listen i reached out to him i was like listen i what you guys really cool and i'd love to 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 put you on the spotlight and if you want to do a giveaway i mean i'd be honored and so that's just a perfect example. And so what I'm hoping to do in the future is I want to do at least 52 giveaways this year, one every, every week, and just kind of, like I said, give some exposure to some other great brands out there and spread the wealth. The high tide lifts all boats, right? I love it. Every time I hear that quote, I was just listening to, I think it was a Tim Ferriss podcast today. And he said that, uh, you know, hopefully when people hear that, they, they think of Carl. And I think something that's important about that is, if you live that way, it truly comes back to you. You know, it does. It does. I've heard. I think you know, Coach Glassman. I think was one of the first to say something to the extent of you know, do the right things for the right people, and you'll be successful. And yeah. you know, whether it's your affiliate that you're listening for, or your small business, or an entrepreneur, or whiteboard daily, yeah, do the right things for the right people. And 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 something you know, part of the reason we've both been so busy is just that focus on you know, essentialism, the one thing, you know, for a long time, you and I spoke, it's like, Hey, you're putting out good content daily. That's the one thing. Yeah. And we've both kind of put blinders on like horses. And mm -hmm. when you do that, I think it really just helps you rise. Cause you just wake up and know exactly what to focus on for the day. And let's focus on this podcast. You and I can talk about, <laughs> we can talk about business and all that stuff forever. Yeah. But yeah. so today's drawing, which will be if you're listening to this on the day of release, January 18th, Martin Luther King Jr. Day, awesome. will also be the same drawing that we're going to refer to, just newer, on the iPad. And this dates back to August 20th of 2020. Seems like forever ago. Yeah. And it's the cue of tighter equals lighter. Body tension creates power and stability. And in this drawing, you have someone who appears to be doing what, what most CrossFitters would do as their handstand walk. Would you agree? Yeah, like yeah, and yeah. no tension, rounded back, feet yeah, flailing. Yeah, yeah. And then to the right, tension with a straight line. And then you have this idea of the feather there. Where'd you get that yeah. idea from? 
Yeah, um, I was thinking about, well, the, the, first, uh, the first concept that I had in my mind is I saw, so Drew Zaro, who is a phenomenal athlete, he is a uh, coach for the gymnastics course, and he's a true representation of someone who uses his, their body as a tool to communicate movement. Uh, he, you know, he takes care of his body, but also you can tell that he's very disciplined in um, virtuosity. And he posted a video of him doing some muscle ups and he was doing some beat swings on the rings as a progression to get there. And he uh, just wrote out the cue tighter's lighter. And I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot about that cue. It's such a great one. And of course, being inspired by other people, um, I wrote that up immediately. And so that's why he's referenced in the uh, caption here. So, um, and again, too, Drew Zaro is probably somebody that I, I know that he and I, we've been talking recently, but there's a lot of other content I want to be, be start to start uh, pushing out there. And he's one of those that you will likely see in the future. So great dude. Um, and uh, glad to reference him here. Yeah, so let me read the copy of it. Tighter equals lighter. Reminded of this by Drew Zaro and the gymnastics course. When using body tension to create power and stability. What does this mean? A handstand. For example, is far less work when the body holds tension from fingers to the toes, straight legs, legs together, toes pointed to the sky, midline in a hollow, posterior pelvic tilt, neutral cervical spine, active shoulders, elbows locked. When those efficiently tense pieces begin to relax and lose tightness, the musculature must compensate. Muscle requires energy to function, therefore creating more work for the body to do the same task that tension was doing. Tighter means the musculature has to do less, making the work that was done to seem like it required less energy. That's from Drew, a quote from yeah. Drew. Yeah. You know, that's a really succinct way of saying something that a lot of coaches try to convey to their members when teaching. And we're going to obviously talk about where else we see this, but I think it's worth people visiting, you know, today's post, which will have a similar copy as that, but an easy way to explain that because people will be like, well, this is easier. And mm -hmm. I think it's really when we say tight, you know, you hear that cue a lot tight. Yeah. What does it mean? Well, Carl really nailed it there. Well, and then the, my, the first concept that I had for this is because I, the video that Drew was doing, like I said, was a, a muscle up. And I was like, it'd be cool to um, have the body outline look like a feather when you're doing a muscle up, right? So like when you're, when you're doing the hollow body or the tight arch that actually kind of, and just like I've got shown here as like a feather kind of outlining the handstand, I was gonna, I was gonna initially draw like a feather kind of outlining the body doing a hollow or a tight arch. And I, the concept was pretty cool, um, but I thought I like this better. And I can tell you right now, a little sneak peek that what I'm, what I'll likely do when I go to redraw this, because I think it's also applicable uh, when it comes to barbell movements and because we're talking about tight core here, we're talking about efficiency of body movement. And when that core is tight, I think we can all both agree, all agree that things are lighter when you actually are, are take a big breath, brace yourself and then initiate your lift. And so what I'll probably draw is like, I'll probably draw a barbell that looks like a feather or something like that when they go to lift it with the with the good form and then we'll have like somebody struggling in the well, i don't want to give you too much work but <laughs> no, yeah you not. can you can relate this to 
obviously, I think, you know, where a great place to go back and look would be the CrossFit Games phase one this year with the handstand hold. And you saw the people that were in that solid position. Even, even Katrin, I think, who won for the women who had her legs spread apart, she was stacked. She may have been wasting some energy. And obviously we can debate efficiency is doing the movement rather than not doing it at all. So if you need to lose some of that tension to be efficient, that's one thing. But I just had a call with my coach's development group today and we were, we were analyzing the pull-up and I always like to use the analogy of doing your pull-up in a phone booth. And I think you've drawn that picture before. Yeah. I need to redraw that one. Actually. That's a good one. I could see a little Superman action going on. Maybe, uh, Maybe uh, you know Clark Kent changing in the phone booth. Yeah, but the reference the reference was a toaster bar in the phone booth. But that's yeah, what it was. That, yeah, but it's the same thing, right? Whether it's a pull up, a toaster bar, a handstand, and then last night I was coaching at the box and we were doing a movement that we rarely do: the kettlebell clean. And I was explaining to them, you know, th- this was something I kind of came up with, and I know we're this is slightly off topic, but I said basically any kettlebell movement is your Russian swing plus something. Yeah, I can right? see that. So the yeah. clean was the Russian swing plus an uppercut. The yeah. snatch is a Russian <clears throat> swing plus a plus a punch. Yeah. And I was saying now, <clears throat> when we think about this clean, the closer you keep it to your body, the easier yeah. it's going to be. That's, and that's somebody legit yeah. yelled out, tighter is lighter. Yeah. You know, and I didn't know we were going to talk about this at the point, but yeah, ver- anything we're doing in the CrossFit space, a straight bar path, the closer we keep everything to that straight line, yeah, the easier it's going to be. That's a good point because so far when we've referenced tighter, we've talked about our body, our core, and the um, the brace. But when you start talking about tight to the midline bar path, it also works there as well too, doesn't it? So it's a really and what I think about now is the similarity between this cue and also space's weakness. Um, you know, when we talk, because that also applies to both gymnastics and barbell movements. Um, when you have space between where the midline of the body is and where the barbell is, um, that's going to be, you're going to be in a weaker position. Um, when you are doing a support hold on your rings and if there's space between the rings and your body, that's going to be a weaker position. So space is weakness. And so the same thing here applies tighter is lighter. You know, when things are tighter to the body, that's going to feel lighter. That's a good point. Yeah. And I think you could really, we're looking at two things, right? Tightness of the body, but then also tightness of the piece of equipment we're using. And if you look at the picture uh, of the handstand, you know, really, I think what you're kind of saying is your hips yeah. are, if your yeah. hips are the weight, they're getting away from the midline. They're getting away yeah. from the center of your body. So anytime anything gets away from that frontal plane, as we refer to it in CrossFit, that line that dissects the body in half, too much weight, you know, we look at it and even in that Thanos picture, right? Keeping everything yeah. centered, keeping everything yeah. in line. The more we can do that, the tighter we can keep everything to that to the midline of the body, the easier it's going to be, the lighter it's going to feel. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I love it. Yeah. Great. I, that's a different take. I never, I didn't see, this is why I hope this is, it's a, it's what's called a fruitful discussion. Like good stuff comes from this discussion that I, so if I'm, if I'm picking up something from this and I'm learning and hopefully other people are also learning as well. So I'm glad you mentioned that good stuff.
hey, I'm just uh, throwing out there and talking about it. It's part of the reason I enjoy it. But yeah, it, it, and, and that's the beauty I've always said about CrossFit is there's no right and wrong. Yeah, it's, it's so much gray. I, I think that's another thing, too, that I want to illustrate somehow is uh, like so many times the answer is it depends, right? Um, as people in the fitness industry or, you know, people who are starting off their fitness journey, they're like, should I do this or should I do this? Or then the answer quite honestly is always, it's, it depends. It depends on what your goals are. It depends on what your abilities are. It depends on what um, your, your level of fitness, your level of skill is. So there's a lot of variables that go into decision-making and, um, it, you know, there's a lot of different right answers. <clears throat> so within this drawing and and this concept of of tighter equals lighter what else have you learned from drew when it came to this was was there other points that he was discussing and you just simplified it could you add anything else to this um i'm trying to think i honestly like drew has been such a great resource for me uh i've learned a lot from him when it comes to gymnastics uh and like i said before like he he really has that uh, that virtuosity. You can tell it's it's a big, it's a main part of his focus when it comes to training, and so that's why I've learned so much from him. I'm trying to think of other cues that I've referenced him specifically. Hey, actually, hang tight. I, I know how to do this. Hang tight. I'll I'll, I'll bring it up while we're talking about this. Uh oh, what's, what's um, going on? Oh, here. Uh, because just because he and I we've done some other stuff before, I'm trying to find other uh, hang tight. Uh, no, it's, we've done so many other. Darn it! I did a I did a search for Drew Zaro in my cute in my notes to find out. Oh, here, push the earth away. That's another one that I got from him. Um, we talked about that one before. Yeah, when it comes to push-ups, um, so often, and I hope the other coaches uh, feel the same way too. In order to be, in order to be a good teacher, you have to be a good student, and this is also important. It's like there's like a moral compass to it, right? I, and I know that we've talked about it before, where you um, like a, a good artist, great artist borrow or good artist steal or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. What, what's what is that that quote? I think that's exactly it. Good artist borrow or great artist steal or yeah. So like, there's so much content out there and yes, there's intellectual property and yes, it's important to give credit where credit's due. And, and I, I am a massive advocate for that. I, I hope that comes across on the captions and whenever I'm, I'm putting out content to say like, hey, listen, I, I learned this from somebody else. Go follow them or go learn about other things from them. Um, but that's where I was inspired. But also too, it's like, you can't be afraid. Like you got to learn from other people and you got to share that and you got to take it on and put your own spin on it. But because that's how good coaching comes around. It's like, it's getting the best stuff from other people, other people that you've learned from and using it on your own athletes or your own clients, or whatever. So I, I, I want to yeah. address this when it comes to the picture. I think it's important that we look at some of the com comments uh, and, yeah, yeah. and, and this is really true. And I think overlooked. So abs.aesthetics says, <laughs> I don't know if you get regular comments by this guy, but agree with you. And the same applies to any workout for that matter. For example, when one is in a squat or a push-up or any workout for that matter, please do begin to focus on keeping tension in the core. I don't know that English is 
his first language. But um, you know, and it, but it's true. My point being, we we often think about tighter is lighter inverted, mm -hmm, but yeah. the same holds true in the horizontal position of the push up, and yeah. it's it's one of those movements in the CrossFit space, I think that gets a little bit bastardized because you're still hitting the range of motion. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You could do a snake push up. Yeah. You can, you can lose that midline, but you're still getting chest to deck full lockout yeah. Yeah. where when yeah. this happens inverted, you're probably crumbling. Yeah, exactly. I like how the person who commented on this brought up, actually their name brings up a good point, the aesthetics. Uh, because when you're talking about, I know that this guy's probably talking about abs, like how you look aesthetics, but gymnastics, especially gymnastics is a very, uh, there, I could be wrong, but I believe there's actually an, an like, are there, is there like, are there style points, but like aesthetics is a big part of gymnastics in the sense that like gymnastics is shapes and you want to create basically beautiful shapes with your body. And I think you and I could both agree that the no tension uh, stick figure here on the left is not performing a good shape. Uh, it's kind of all over the place, but like the feather, a nice straight line, you know, and, and that's what the hollow body is and, and the tight core is, is a nice slight bend to the body and that, that bend is providing power. Um, so when you, when you talk about gymnastics, that's where the term virtuosity in the CrossFit world, obviously there's yeah. the term virtuoso music musical or whatever the you know hobby is but in gymnastics that's what it is it's doing the common uncommonly well yeah and that's yeah. how you distinguish a nine four from a nine six yeah and right. and i like what you're saying and one thing as coaches if you're listening that i want them to think about if it doesn't look right it's like you're drawing a tsa you know if you see yeah. something say something and i think as coaches sometimes we see it we're like ah that doesn't look right Mm -hmm. we'll fix it what can mm -hmm. you do to fix that and for me if we're talking about cues for this i think getting your athlete to flex their abs and squeeze their butt mm -hmm. is the best course of action to maintain this midline and to improve that tight position yeah and you know why it is it's because you're working from the inside out you're working from core to extremity and you, it doesn't matter if you point your toes, if your core is loose and your butt's turned off or whatever, like pointing your toes is like the least, that's like the tail end of the whip. Like we wanna focus on the core first and work our way out, just like quarter extremity movement uh, uh, illustrates itself, right? So you're absolutely right. If we're talking about triaging, if we're talking about like, what do we address first? How do we get from this person on the left to the person on the right. And the first thing has got to be from the core to the extremity. So good point there. Yeah, you know, a lot of people, this is a, uh, an old Coach Glassman story. He used to talk about, he had posted a picture of like an 80-year-old woman doing an L-sit. And yeah. someone in the, high up in the gymnastics world wrote back and said, yeah, well, she, she should be pointing her toes. Uh, you know, and Coach Glassman, you know, <clears throat> says that he responded with an appropriate "fu," in the sense that it's like I got an eighty-year-old doing an L-sit. Who cares about her toes? And too many people will focus <clears throat> on one little nuancey thing, where mm -hmm. if you don't focus on the bigger picture things, such as you know this midline, these glutes, the toes don't really matter. Mm -hmm. Let's 
Let's look at this other, another question from Green Asparagus. They say, thanks for this great cue at Whiteboard Daily. Quick question. Why do people who can handstand walk tend to have their legs ahead of their bodies but then not use a lot of energy? Yeah. What do you, what do you think about um, that? I'll give my take and I'm, I know that you've got a take on this as well. This is, so we normally see this type of movement, this scorpion movement where the tail is coming over and kind of shifting the momentum forward so someone can actually move quicker on their hand, well, quicker on their hands um, from point A to point B. This, you would never see this in uh, gymnastics, a floor competition, because it's not aesthetically pleasing. Um, and, and it's, it's, I, to me, what it is, it's function over form. Okay. Um, now that being said, uh, was it Julie Fouché? Remember, and I know you remember this too, when she ruptured her Achilles tendon and there mm -hmm. was a workout where she went to finish it and she had her boot and I think there's even like a silhouette drawing. It's like, it was such a, an iconic moment when Julie Fouché absolutely crushed this workout uh, because it was right in her wheelhouse of having a handstand walk. And she did this handstand walk um, with a ruptured Achilles tendon in a boot, um, but she was able to keep a nice tight midline. And uh, in, I, I'm not sure, she probably even set the standard for the workout. I don't know how she did on it. I think she did extremely well. But the thing is that you want to be able to control your body in a way that it's not out of control. Like you were in control of it. And I think a lot of people, um, they sacrifice that control in, because in the short term, they, they just want to get from point A to point B quick and get, get their workout quick when they don't realize that that virtuosity of being able to control your body as the feather indicates a nice straight line actually pays off in the long run. I don't know. That, that's kind of my take on that. I, I agree with you. I, I would just add to it, you know, in the handstand walk, you're moving and no different than the pose running method where it's basically controlled falling, falling right? It's, yeah. it's the same here. Now, I think where it goes wrong is people look like you're drawing rather than they should look like the feather simply at a 80 degree angle. Exactly. And that angle would be relative to how fast you can move those hands, no different than your running angle would be relative to how fast you can pick up those feet. So, yeah. and, and with that being said, you're still keeping a pretty tight midline. Your feet are just a little bit ahead of the body. Yeah, right. You're only extending enough to let those feet, I mean, basically a handstand walk, just like running is a controlled fall. Exactly, yes, yeah. I, I think also what you can, what you can also compare it to is um, you look at somebody who's repping out pushups and even though they are going from point A to point B, their chest is touching the ground, they're going to full lockout, but they might be snaking all over the place and they might have a complete loss of midline. They are still getting the work done. It's just not uh, with regard to virtuosity. It's not regard to um, uh, uh, an adherence to the fundamentals. And so, yeah, you can, you can walk on your hands and you can flail all around and you can move from point A to point B um, but you know, if you want to get better in the long run, you should strive to have that control of a tight midline. So, yeah, and if we were going to tie it back into Contra, which yeah. I know we were going to, you of know, course. but really, really video <laughs> games, I would, I would equate it to your power bar. 
right? If, okay. you, if yeah. you keep everything tight, you're yeah. going to keep that energy at full where every little bit of inefficiency slowly drops that. And you might be able yes. to gain some back. Maybe yep. you switch movements. Maybe you tighten up for a rep or two, right? Your coach yells at you, but you're getting down to yellow and red while someone that's moving steadily with proper form is keeping green. And it's, you know, the hair on the tortoise. You may yep. be ahead at the beginning, but at what cost either A, in that workout or B, long-term in your CrossFit career? Because are you going to get injured or are you just not going to progress the same way? I, I always tell people, you know, every box has an athlete where you join and you're like, man, that yeah. guy or gal is really good. I want to be like them. And then three months, six months later, you're beating them because they were the person that was just flopping around, you know, accomplishing the range of motion standards, but tons of inefficiencies. Meanwhile, if you stick to the basics and if you learn to do things with the proper mechanics, you're going to get better. And you're yeah. also perhaps of most importance, less likely to get injured, which is what's going to be the ultimate setback. Yeah, exactly. I mean, let's, let's be honest. Like that's the older we get, that's, that's really the, that's the big goal. And I remember, especially like I used to go to CrossFit Naptown and on my lunch break and um, you know, you go take a shower and you're in there with the guys and you're like, well, you know what? I didn't get hurt today. So <laughs> that was a big goal. I, I had a great workout and I didn't get hurt and it shouldn't be like that, but really you, you got to take that into consideration. You got to make sure that like, is it worth it to me to shave five seconds off my workout by doing some bastardized, uh, version of this movement or do I really want to get better? And do I want to walk out here uninjured? So yeah, I completely agree with that. Yeah. And I think you could take that to a broader perspective in the moment and then also yeah. bigger, like, yeah. Hey, should I just slow down today? My yeah. body's tired. You know, me, for example, I worked out in the garage this morning rather than going to the box and purposely kicked it back a notch because I could feel I was a little tired. Yeah. You know, and if, if we're going to start to wrap up and look at this picture, I can tell you, first-hand experience, the only time I've ever been really banged up enough from CrossFit to have to take time off was from handstand walking like this. Yeah. People think of your deadlift's going to hurt your back yeah. or, you know, or snatching, cleaning. It's, it's hard to overextend enough to hurt yourself with the load in front of you, but I've seen it in handstand walking and I've seen it overhead in the jerk mm -hmm. where it's that ability to overextend and then have weight compressing your spine. So in other words, yeah. you round your back in your deadlift, A, it's gonna be inflection. It's not gonna be an extension. Mm -hmm. If you go into extension and then put weight above it, mm -hmm. that's where people tweak their, their vertebrae. Yeah. Also, and add into that, that you're inverted as well. <clears throat> and so you, you're going to have this disorientation. Uh, your head's going to be full of blood and not normal. Like you're, it's just a, it's a, it's a, um, what's, it's a compromised position. You, you want to make sure that you are in control. Um, and the only way to get there is to scale accordingly until you can handle it. So. Yeah. Great practice. You know, obviously you can start on the floor, the hollow, the Superman positions are great. You can start to get inverted, kick up. When I was working on my handstand hold, I would kick up and try to pull my feet away from the wall. I would then do a wall walk and pull my feet away from the yep. wall. That way, I think yeah. that's a, probably a slightly better way to develop it so long yeah. as you're comfortable 
rolling out of it. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, slowly just start to practice that handstand walk. And I would encourage the listeners, if that's a goal of yours, like Carl was saying, do it right from the beginning. Yeah. You know, yeah. Settle for 10 feet versus 100 feet if 100 feet puts you in a compromised position, because ultimately you'll always be able to walk 100 feet compromised. But if you do it right, you'll be able to walk 100 feet properly. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. that's just a CrossFit lesson right there. Master the basics. When you think you've done that, go back and revisit them. Go back and revisit them. Exactly. Yeah. Great well, stuff. Carl, <clears throat> this was fun. A little reunion of sorts. We're going to keep this going. <laughs> We're gonna, we've got it in our calendar. We've got the iPad. We've got plenty of new topics to talk about. But as always, will you please take us home? Well, I, 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 and by the way, <clears throat> we're talking about closing uh, statements. Have you, have you come up with one yet? So for best hour? Uh, somewhat, somewhat. <laughs> Is it still... oh, I'm playing with it. I'm, okay. I'm playing with it. But I, All right. you know, I think you, hours here, you just came up with, it was natural and fit. So yeah. I think those I, are the best ones. I agree. I agree. Well, let me close it out. Uh, first off, again, I want to thank you for sitting down and talking to me. I want to thank the listener for actually clicking download. And also, I want to thank those listeners for the patience uh, while we took our little hiatus. And man, we're so excited to get back and, and share some good content with you guys. So thank you again for listening. This one is a, a special one, too. Um, hey, I want everyone to remember a high tide lifts all boats. So continue to, to rise those tides out there. And guys, we'll be back next week. Thanks again for listening to today's episode of Whiteboard Weekly. On behalf of Carl and myself, Jason Ackerman, we really appreciate the download. We really appreciate you sharing our episodes with friends, families, your box owner, your buddies at the gym, anyone that's willing to listen to us talk about all things CrossFit, all things coaching, and all things coaches development. We do this because we have an absolute love and passion for it. And we hope that you can tell that through our talking and through each episode. If you haven't already, please feel free to leave us a review on any podcast platform. It goes a long way in helping us spread the word. Once again, thanks again for listening.